This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with the other person who lives in this home and the other person on this podcast. It's Sarah Scrimshaw. Hello. Hello. I'm not going to ask how are you. Instead, I will ask, why do you think birds sing? Oh, well, because they've got such lovely messages to say. Or upsetting messages to say. I mean, who am I to say they're lovely? Do you do you hear birdsong and assume that what is being said is is lovely rather than that's my tree, that's my tree, F off? <laughs> Honestly, I kind of assume that there's all sorts of disagreements going on, but because I don't understand, it just sounds fun and interesting, lovely to me. And that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Every once in a while, I hear some really lovely bird song, but I feel like in our neighborhood, and particularly every once in a while, there's a a morning bird that's just not happy. Mm -hmm. It just feels like they are screaming at clouds (laughs) because it's, you know, they're really rough honking. Yeah. (laughs) Do birds honk? Whatever. It's abrasive. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of times when I hear noises, it's because birds are chasing one another. Another, so I'm I'm assuming that's it. That is like that's my tree. Okay, or maybe they are like uh, kids playing tag and they're just screaming. <laughs> there's there's no message. It's just ah, I'm a bird. I'm gonna get you. That sounds pleasant. Anyway, I think that was much better than asking how are you. Now you know how the birds are, uh, and we have a hint of how we are. I think. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it has been a long week as we are recording this, but I'm very happy uh, to discuss this. You actually came up with this great topic because it is a thing that we are, uh, I think, obsessed with accidentally, accidentally obsessed. <laughs> That'll be the spinoff podcast. Uh, and our topic is uh, local exploration, which sounds weird. It sounds like a very boring Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> Indiana Jones and the local exploration. Uh, but what we mean by that is because of these weird still pandemic times uh we haven't really been able to travel much you know obviously for the last year and a half but we haven't started yet traveling extensively outside of los angeles but we are able to or have been able to move around a little bit more Mm -hmm. and go places so we've been exploring just los angeles more and going to some of our old favorite haunts that are still open uh, but going to lots of places that we haven't been before, like you know, bookstores and parks and cocktail bars and walking around our own neighborhood mm-hmm. <laughs> and seeing and experiencing things that uh, have been right by us, but we have not done before. So what what do you get out of that? What do you get out of exploring the place where you actually live? Yeah, I love it. I feel like because I feel like it does give you that sense of exploration, but it also provides that sense of community and neighborhood um especially if it's somewhere kind of in the general general area where we live as opposed to like an hour away which is still within los angeles Uh (laughs) sometimes five hours away is very very still in los angeles right but um yeah i just i feel like it for me it takes a lot of those different ideas of getting outside if especially if we're going for a walk or something of having that feeling of movement and and exploring things on the ground level, but also whether it's going back to a place we've been to, or especially if it's going to a place that we've meant to go to, or didn't really know was there, like the accidental exploration, yeah, is just, um, it's kind of that feeling of both coziness and exploration all at once, Ooh, yeah, which so, to me is like perfect. Yeah, a little bit of comfort and adventure at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. 
Uh, do you ever have any pang when we discover something that has been around and we could have been going to all these years and we just didn't? Do you ever feel like, what is wrong with us? Oh, every time. <laughs> every single time. Yeah. I, we were lucky to have a lot of places, including parks and uh, bookstores and bars and all the other kind of places that you and I like to go. Uh, we we're lucky to have a lot of those. And for me, I always find that that tough balance of like, well, the point of exploration is to discover new things. And then I don't want to just discover a new thing and go, cool, great. And then <laughs> toss it over your shoulder and move on. Like I want to go to places. Mm-hmm. Once you discover them, I want to be like, oh, wow, well, I know I like this dish at this restaurant. I didn't know. So I'll go there and I'll have that dish. And then pretty soon what was exploration for me becomes a habit. Yeah. And that is a, a weird uh, thing, I think. Uh, probably a lot of people struggle with, but I certainly do within my personality. So discovering some of these other places now are like, uh, I have this great tension of this is so, it's so silly that we've never been here before. Uh, now I want to go here all the time, <laughs> but then will I not discover other things? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so that, that there's a little bit of tension there, uh, for me. Uh, yeah. I think a, a big thing for me is, uh, in my ongoing evolution as a human, uh, sometimes there's sort of aphorisms or bits of wisdom that sound really simple i got mad at a lot as a younger human because they sounded fake Mm. they sounded like kind of just a cookie cutter fortune cookie message to not deal more fully with reality Mm. so that sort of like stop and smell the roses as a kid is like what the hell does that mean you know but i've been getting a lot out of realizing that there are even little things around you that will give you just as they're not going to change your life they're not going to fix automatically fix a problem but they're just this little bit of joy around you and just trying as much as possible to take in those little moments of joy and like i'm thinking about things like we've been taking some walks to like uh, not even different parts of our neighborhood just slightly different routes Mm-hmm. and seeing houses or trees or little twisty uh, back roads that we didn't know about that give me some kind of joy. And I think that's been really affecting uh, to have that feeling of like, well, and see, I still feel insincere saying it, like, look around to find the magic around you. <laughs> but it's true. That is what I'm experiencing. Mm-hmm. It is true. But I think that's a really good point is a lot of those aphorisms feel very hollow. Yeah. Uh, but there's also truth in them, which is why they live. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of truths that can live inside a hollow thing, right? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Explore hollow things and find some truths. That w- that's what we we're saying here. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that people can sometimes like miss the fun, interesting spots in their own homes or neighborhoods? Not their literal physical homes. Like, I never noticed the bathroom before. <laughs> like, uh, But that's kind of a stereotype of, you know, when tourists come to town, they do these five things and maybe three of them are tourist traps. But like two or more are fascinating and locals just never go, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but anybody who visits, of course, does. How do you feel about that stereotype? Why do you think do you think that's true? Does that happen? Why? I mean, I can say for myself, it absolutely happens. It's so easy to put things off. 
um, and be like, well, I'll do that later, or I'll save that for when there's somebody in town, or I'm busy trying to get to work, and then I want to get to this thing in a different part of town, and then I'm going on this trip, some, trip somewhere else, and now I want to go there, and it's just, it's so easy to not go to the places that are closest. Yeah. Um, and having worked a lot of my working life in places that are those types of locations that people go and they have um, visitors, like in museums and things, I certainly see it a lot as well. It's like, oh, yeah, no, I meant to, I've been meaning to come here for like 25 years. And, you know, my, whoever is in town, so here I am. And it's just, uh, it just seems to be universal that we're not always very good at exploring what's right around us. Yeah, and I, I also think that there is a, um, I, I totally understand the desire to find like genuine spaces of like, mm-hmm. here's where the people who live go, you know, kind of things and not like, quote unquote, tourist traps. I've told mm-hmm. this story before. I, you know, I have very strong memories of uh, visiting Edinburgh, going to the Edinburgh Castle, and then having a drink at a bar and having a very friendly but very tipsy Scottish person being like, are you a tourist? Did you go to the castle? <laughs> like that there's this sort of like this sense that even something is like amazing historic is like a castle on a mountain in the middle of a city is sort of like, uh, tourists go there. <laughs> it's like it's 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 pretty legitimately clearly amazing. But mm-hmm. I think we do that. We Edinburgh Castle, our own homes, and like if it is something that people might frequent, then it somehow becomes less in our mind. Oh, yeah. And so I think there's almost an instinct to look for the pedestrian uh, in your own neighborhood and then not kind of maybe go to some of like the museums or the big concert halls or, you know, any sort of like touristy place. Mm hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and I know that I'm certainly especially when I was a younger person was very guilty of that. You know, like, oh, well, that's where everybody's going to think the tourists should go. So when I'm a tourist in this place, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> and like, for what reason, Sarah? Like, the only thing I'm doing is uh, not giving myself a potentially cool experience. And granted, probably having other interesting experiences instead. But like, seriously, nobody's going to judge whether or not you went to uh, Edinburgh Castle or not. You yeah. Know? And but I didn't, I lived in Edinburgh and I didn't go there until my parents came to visit. <laughs> well, there you go. And I was literally judged for it and I survived <laughs> and it became one of my favorite stories. Uh, let's just get into some specifics. What, what is something new or different you've enjoyed in our immediate neighborhood? Mm, yeah. So I've enjoyed, um, one of the fun things I found about different parts of Los Angeles is there's areas that have public stairs. Yeah. And I just I find that super fun and intriguing. I don't I don't know if that's a thing that others share as well, but I just I'm like, ooh, stairs and we can just take them. Like it just I think it feels very um non Midwestern and I grew up in a lot of Midwestern towns and so felt it just feels very like, ooh, well, we can take a public stair. It just feels like part of that idea of like a pedestrian life. Which I think, um, which I don't mean in a like basic way. I mean like in a life that you walk. Yeah, like I used the word pedestrian in a basic way earlier, but now you're using <laughs> it for actual physical. Actual movement. physical. Yeah, exactly. Like your life, and you live up a hill that you have to take the stairs. So of course you can't drive up there. You have to take the stairs, and you walk up the stairs with your market bag and your baguette. Like I think <laughs> it's that kind of bag. <laughs> it's that kind of like idealized some version of like a summer that. I watched too many movies about or something when I was growing up. Long way to say, I really love finding stairs that go between um, 
neighborhoods are between streets that are public stairs that you know you're allowed to take. Yeah. Sometimes they're a little confusing if you're allowed to take them or not, but the ones that you know you're allowed to take. And uh, we recently discovered some new to us, not at all new, but new to us stairs uh, nearby, which has been super fun. Yeah, that's been one of the big things on my list. I've been trying to do a little bit more light exercise. Uh, I've been writing it down on my to-do list is indoor limb movement and outdoor limb movement and just writing it as limb movement has reminded me like the point is nothing super cosmetic uh i just want to have all of my limbs work for as long as possible so i can do things and go places uh so i've been trying to go on more walks and sometimes it is just like a straight up and down walk uh you know and and maybe i'll look up and notice something but it's just really so i can let my mind wander in other times i've really been having fun just exploring uh our neighborhood so we're very lucky to live kind of near the base of, you know, a part of the Hollywood Hills. Our home is nothing fancy. We do not live in the Hollywood Hills. <laughs> no. But it is this very weird, weird experience because we, yeah, we live in a perfectly normal uh, for Los Angeles, <laughs> reasonable apartment building. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are at the base of the hills. And I think the stairs in particular have been a really great experience for a couple reasons. Very soon after we moved here. I went for a walk and went up the hill a little bit and realized like, oh, there's no sidewalk. And I think somebody gave me a side eye or I imagined that somebody gave me a side eye and I had the like, they can tell I don't have $5 million. I'm not supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't go up there again. And then I realized like how much I think I was internalizing that. And that person might not have even given me the side eye and it might have been me sort of uh, self-ostracizing because it's a public street. And yes, I cannot afford a house there, but it is still my neighborhood. It's like a few blocks away. Mm -hmm. It's not like I'm just like, you know, wandering somewhere odd, you know? Um, So then those stairs are, uh, you know, for for people who aren't familiar, yeah, they're like, they're tucked into the neighborhoods and and they don't say public stairs. Like they do, you can look it up on maps Mm -hmm. on your phone and they do and they very clearly are because they're not attached to anybody's house. They have this absolute charm because it is like kind of this this old world thing, too, of like, yeah, like, well, what if you live down here? And then, you know, your neighbor only lives two blocks away, but those two blocks are straight up mm-hmm. <laughs> and you want to go visit your neighbor or there's a store up there at some point or whatever it is. Or you left your car up there last night. It, so they've, they've got a real practical like, how do you get around the hills in a pedestrian way without a car? Mm hmm. So there's got that old world romance and because they aren't labeled and because they're like thin and they've got some cracks and some weeds, they just they almost look like they just sort of organically grew there. So it's this weird sort of (laughs) urban fantasy vibe, too, that if you walk up these stairs, you might end up in, you know, some version of L.A. Narnia, you know? I love that. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And it, it does help that for a lot of them. Sometimes you're just like, oh, well, now I'm on another street Mm -hmm. up in the hills uh but if you take the right sequence you can end up at the top of a hill and then suddenly you will be kind of in this weird like i uh just walked through the portal and then i turn around and then here's this vista of Mm -hmm. los angeles you know yeah underneath you yeah absolutely it's really cool and magical so yeah that's uh, been a big one for me any other um discoveries in our immediate neighborhood um I mean, I think that's the biggest one. It, to me, it's also just that in terms of going into places, um, 
you know, like when you finally go to a restaurant that's in your neighborhood that you've been meaning to go to for a long time, I feel like there's one or two that we've gone to and there's one or two I'm like, yep, I'm going to go there. One that I haven't done, which totally probably jumping ahead here is I don't find a lot of reasons to go into coffee shops anymore. Yeah. And um, because I'm, you know, most days at work and I just it's just not part of my routine. But when I was younger, that was often like I would go explore kind of via coffee shops. Like I would, you know, I was working multiple more time jobs and would maybe go just sit in a coffee shop and read for half an hour before I had to leave to go to my other job or go pick up coffee after class or something like that. So it's so interesting because that's a way that I really used to explore neighborhoods and towns and cities. And it's really, it's a, there's so many um, coffee shops that I want to explore and discover. I'm like, I need to find a way to make that part of (laughs) my exploration because it's not. Yeah, well, I think, you know, you just have to skip out on work. <laughs> Go to coffee shops. <laughs> Clearly the answer. <laughs> That's just the only way to do it. Uh, yeah, I think the other thing for me, and this really, really goes to the um, the stop and smell the roses, or look around and you might discover some magic, uh, which I can't even say without uh, making fun of myself a little bit. Uh, you know this, this story um, because you are a part of it, but there is a specific kind of tree that I'm sure grows many places, but it's uh, plentiful around Los Angeles, called a jacaranda. (laughs) And a big part of this is just like, that's a cool name, and I like saying it. You know, if there had been a bounty hunter in Empire Strikes Back named Jacaranda, I just would have thought that was the coolest thing when I was a child. Like, jacaranda is just like, it's a cool name. Mm -hmm. Um, So there is a, not only jacaranda trees all over Los Angeles, all over our neighborhood in whichever direction we walk, uh, but one basically right outside our home. And uh, they're distinctive because they uh, bloom these just very, very vibrant, very beautiful purple flowers. And I have looked at that tree from our balcony many times, but oh, that's very pretty. That's very pretty. And then I just, it was this weird, weird confluence of moments of I was reading a book set in Los Angeles. That's a book that's like really like the subtitle of the book should be I'm set in Los Angeles. It's really trying to have every (laughs) reference be this street corner, that thing. And it really made a big deal of like, you know, so-and-so sighed and watched, you know, the the purple flowers drift down from the jacaranda tree. And then like that same day, you said something about a jacaranda tree. And I was like, that was just in my book. What are these mysterious things called jacaranda trees? And like that giant thing directly <laughs> outside of our home that we can see from our small balcony that are everywhere and it was just one of those like i don't think i've truly deeply had one of those there is something right in front of me that i kind of see and kind of enjoy but truly don't take like the time to stop and enjoy like it didn't puncture the stress and thought bubble Mm, of mm-hmm. my life i would look over that tree and go that's very beautiful yes yes but what i'm gonna do about x you know <laughs> uh and then just because i loved that name and it felt so like uh stupid about this whole history every time i've been seeing one of those trees i say Chakranda. and now like i noticed them everywhere and then i've been noticing other trees that are like they grow something purple but they are not jacaranda trees and then I'll ask you what they are, and you will uh, know 99.9% of the time. <laughs> uh, and now I'm just, like, so excited for the tree by our apartment to bloom again. And I'm like, come on, Jacaranda. <laughs> <laughs> it's really silly, and I feel really, really silly about it. But it's also, like, really 
joyful. Yeah, if I may, it has been such a joy to watch this. Um, And I didn't know Dr. Round of Trees before we came to Los Angeles. Okay. Um, But they're beautiful and somebody had said it and it caught my name, not caught my name, caught my ear because of the name. Like it is just a cool sounding name. Yeah. Um, But it has been so fun to see how much you latch onto it. And when we go for a walk, you're like, Dr. (laughs) It's just, it's been very fun. It brings me joy. Well, exploring the neighborhood and walking under chakranda trees. Yeah, I think I, there are definitely, you know, things in nature I like, like squirrels or like big old <laughs> ancient trees. But in terms of just like walking around a neighborhood, like I have, a, the, Minneapolis is beautiful and has many beautiful trees. And I, but I would enjoy them. It's like, look at the beautiful tree. Like I didn't know the name. And it's like, it, it for me, it feels like when you get kind of engaged in, um for me like a story and then if you see an element of that story somewhere in the world like oh wow that car looks like this car from this and it gives you that little pop of of joy because it's connecting to this larger thing and that's the way i've been feeling when i've been walking around and like it's like a plus one to a space if it has a jacaranda uh-huh. like we went to another <laughs> park and like the one of the small trees outside of the uh, administrative building was a jacaranda is like that's like a, an extra bonus for this park. Now it's like a, that's I'm you know if my trading card on the back of the trading card it's you know my favorite tree now. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so we've also been doing some wandering uh, outside of our immediate neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And do you have any uh, particular good experiences from that? Yeah, I mean, I think for me the I at the risk of sounding repetitive, the feeling of exploration and i often have similar to what you were saying about the the street near near us of like am i allowed to walk here like i often have that especially when i go to places that are um within our general like not new to us because we live near here and we could have been going here the whole time of like is everybody just uh this i then when i say it out loud i feel so egotistical but it's that moment of like i don't know that where the path starts or where the paths are and there's not a clear sign. And is everybody just like, Oh, they don't know how to do this park. (laughs) And just like, (laughs) who let them in? Don't they know? And like, it always takes me just a few moments to get past that. And then I get past it and it's fine. And clearly half the other people have never been there before or go there every single day or whatever. But like, it doesn't matter. Nobody actually cares. And they're usually happy to help if you have a question. (laughs) But, um, so it's really fun. We've gone to a few places that have been on my list for a while, but I every time have had that like, which way do I left, right? Like, how, <laughs> huh, how do I do this? And not like, how do I not park or as in like do, visit the park wrong? Yeah. Um, and then once I get past that, then I enjoy it. <laughs> we have not yet walked into a park and heard a whistle and have uh, the park police say, you enjoyed that wrong. That's right. We have not. <laughs> nobody has said that. Yet. Not yet. yet. So that's but, what is holding you back. Go ahead. Yeah. But then once you get past that and like into this spirit of exploration and um, and I feel like a few places that we've been going to have been a really nice combination of places that feel like Los Angeles or Southern California or maybe places that feel a little different from what you would expect for parks in the middle of summer and so it's been a really fun exploration of of how many different and diverse places there are to visit and yeah. so i've really enjoyed that okay any particular spot or just in general 
Um, just in general, yeah. Okay, yeah, that uh, matches up with uh, some of the the particulars uh, that I got really excited for recently. Mm-hmm. Is so yeah, we've talked about before in this podcast, and, and I'm sure many people know it of uh, Descanso Gardens. Is mm-hmm. a beautiful place. We're members. We've we've been, I think, doing a better job of just being like, hey, do you just want to pop in there for two hours and we'll just sit and be peaceful, or we'll you know. We keep finding, even within Descanso Gardens, little paths that we didn't know about and mm-hmm. accidentally climbed a, a very large hill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, it felt really great to climb it. And then like, how do we get down without falling? How does that work? <laughs> <laughs> and we discovered uh, slowly but surely. Um, but in general, I, th- I think a, a thing that has been good for me is both with places we haven't been before that have been kind of unless we should check that out sometime and places that hey, go every once in a while. I can sometimes fall into being just too thematic of a human. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what's the day where it's exactly right for me to go to uh, Bob's Big Boy? (laughs) (laughs) Which we've been to before. We've had nice times. And just uh, it's been helping me to just make fast decisions and go like, well, we want to go somewhere. Let's just go there. You know, Mm -hmm. it it doesn't need to have a rhyme or a reason. Or we've been to a couple bookstores. uh, They've just Mm. been like, hey, that's been on the list. And I'm feeling antsy. And we can wear masks and it's relatively safe. Let's go. Yeah. Um, so managed to check out lots of different places, uh, bookstores, uh, bars, some that we've been to before. But the place that we haven't been before that we made this choice last weekend of like, we're going to go somewhere in Franklin Canyon Park, which is this large park in the, in L.A. Uh, along the border with Beverly Hills, uh, has been on my list forever. Uh, because a bunch of scenes uh, from Twin Peaks were shot there, um, including the entrance to the Black Lodge, the the set uh, of the 12 sycamore trees for anybody who is a fan of Twin Peaks. Uh, fans of Twin Peaks will debate whether that's the Black Lodge or simply the Red Room, which is an in-between space. Is that really the Black Lodge? <laughs> I, sorry to be controversial, Twin Peaks fan. I think it is the Black Lodge. Uh, but anyway, point is, um, so I wanted to go there for for that reason to like maybe see some of those sites, but it was a real, like we just decided that day that that, that's, we're going to go. And it's such an amazing experience because by now I was, I'm kind of feeling the opposite from you of like, we live by Griffith park. We've been to it a million times from different entrances. We go to Descanso all the time. We've been to Huntington and like, yeah, parks in Los Angeles. Like, yeah, (laughs) I'm an old pro at these. And Franklin Canyon park was just entirely different starting from whichever entrance you take it's still a thin twisty road where it is hard and sometimes impossible for two cars to pass and you can very easily drive over the edge of how would you call that a hill a cliff a death trap what would you how would you describe that <laughs> i would describe it as all of the above a ravine uh yeah yeah i'd say it very a ravine yeah a ravine i don't want to test the car going anywhere near yeah a steep valley that's my new salad dressing steep valley um so it it, uh, had that sense of adventure just going into it because it felt almost a little bit more like european Mm -hmm. of like thin road you have to drive carefully uh and i think it's because like descanso there's there is neighborhoods around and and but it's kind of set off you know freaking canyon park just feels like this like a, a portal Mm. to this other dimension because it is just right in the middle of extremely 
busy, extremely urban areas, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Then you kind of go through this winding road and then you are in this very uh, wooded uh, with lots of different kinds of trees, but lots of like, you know, big pine trees, lots of feeling of we're deep in the woods uh, and this very specific mix of the Southern California sun with like almost more of this specific Northwest foliage um, and then the fact that it's valleys and hills, you know, when we explored some of the valleys and we climbed up one of the hills and it just, it's this like whole natural experience and it just felt like truly taking a portal into another world. A hundred percent. Yeah. What was your, what was your experience of it? Yeah, absolutely that. And it, um, and that is one of the places that I was thinking of as well. Um, and you know, it's a place that, so I had been driven through it very early on by one of my coworkers and had never been back, but had that like, okay, so this is a place we can go and how does it work? And what I mainly remember is there's a lake or a reservoir. I mean, yeah. reservoir because nothing, <laughs> nothing right here is a lake, uh, naturally. So, But it looks like a lake. But it looks like It looks lake. like we teleported to Minnesota. I took a picture of it yeah. and there are like ducks on it and like I send it to my dad. It's like, look where I am. Like <laughs> you would believe I'm in Minnesota, right? Oh, my totally. My dad was like, Yeah. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And it even smelled like a Minnesota lake. It did. Like that You're was the thing like, that got me. What is that? Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota lake in summer. Mm. Yeah. But the, um, so to me, the thing, the combination of the trees and, and I think, especially with parks, a lot of times I want to go exploring and I want to go find like, what's a new trail or thing to walk. But um, I, I don't love being hot. And so if it's a trail that I think is just going to be out in the sun and I'm just going to be out in the sun walking right. all day, I have a very like, okay, what's this going to be? Um, and it was delightful because it was so much in a valley. The tr- most of the trails that we were taking were very much in, um, had trees that were taller than us. Yeah. And so we were in the shade and had, yeah, like you were saying, like this beautiful um, combination of trees. But then to me, I think what was the most uh, just kind of um, stuck with me is when we did walk up a little bit, um, starting to walk up the hill, not even all the way up to the top of one of the hills and looking back and seeing the reflection of the, the reservoir, which is called a lake. Um, and and just, it looks like, a lake. and it looks like a lake, but I'm just, yeah, it's, but on the signs, it's called the lake. Um, but just seeing that combination of hills and trees and lake surrounded by neighborhoods, but just this really idyllic scene right in the middle of Los Angeles, just like you said, like that just was very effective and powerful yeah, and in a just, different sort of way, in a, in a more wild sort of way. Yeah. And I think that's part of it is like we're clearly totally allowed in that park. Mm-hmm. It's a public park. The signage by the entrances isn't as sort of like loud and clear and declarative as it is in some other parks. So not only was there that twisty sort of road, there was like that, and it was really quiet when we went in there on a Saturday afternoon. It was really a little bit like this, like the the park wasn't junky or anything, but there was something about the mood that was like, this is still maintained, right? (laughs) (laughs) Like it almost felt like, well, is this, I had a little bit of like Walking Dead vibes. It was so quiet. Mm Mm-hmm. And it looked like the place where civilization used to be, but it isn't anymore. <laughs> There's only a few yeah. cars and a few scattered people. Yeah, when we went up to where the restrooms were, and I don't know how much of it is closed because it was a weekend or because 
office building because there was, I think, a building that maybe has offices, but they're still closed because of the pandemic. Yeah, like event um, spaces that are clearly not like super active right now. Yeah, but it did have that very much a feeling of like, am I going to find a flyer just like like a tumbleweed flittering through here? That's from like 2008 because that's the <laughs> last time somebody was here. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so we had that great experience and we decided to go on the spur of the moment. So I was like, I just want to go. I don't want to spend a bunch of time doing internet research about exactly where these various Twin Peaks scenes were shot. Um, And then uh, we got kicked out of our apartment, as you know, for some maintenance stuff. Mm -hmm. And I just had to be out in the world uh, this week. And I was driving to have lunch somewhere. I was like, I'm going right by the entrance. I'm going in. And, the turnoff into the park the way I took is totally legitimate, totally legal. I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> but I have to say that because the sign, there's one sign on the road that you turn into that says open sunrise to sunset, which is a standard thing for parks. Usually they have like the park name, but it's just a sign that says open sunrise to sunset <laughs> but then on the other side of that same road there's a sign that says dead end so it's like the dead end is open from sunrise to sunset like if you didn't know that was a route to a park and then it is this very very thin road through a like nice in the hills residential area so you feel like you're driving through somebody's neighborhood and then it just <laughs> opens up into this park so I really had that experience of like, okay, now, you know, I'm not even with you who knows more about parks than I do all by myself. And it felt still like, oh, should I, should I be here? And uh, I had done a little bit of research and I went and found uh, the portal to the Black Lodge uh, where that was shot and uh, great, great uh, resources of uh, art, a, um, a site, a website called Twin Peaks Blog where somebody had really uh, done walked through and done photos and then compared them with screenshots. So I was able to really, really find the spot and we had walked near it. So Mm -hmm. we were close to it. So it was this like very weird sort of, uh, I, I kind of, it's, it's this weird dream thing of like twin peaks is kind of all about dreams. And then like, there's that very specific quality of those trees with that light that, even though I'd never been to Franklin Canyon Park before, I kind of had that feeling like, but I haven't I been here again and again and again mm. over the last, you know, 25 years as I watched this show. Uh, so it had that dreamlike quality. And then when I did find the spot, I was like, I know that tree. I've seen that tree, you know, <laughs> a shining window in my home. I've seen that tree, you know. Uh, so the the combination of, entering this park that felt like a a weird portal into another world to go visit a fictional portal into (laughs) another world from a show this is just great levels of just kind of weird fun dreamlike experience yeah yeah that's so fantastic that was a great one yeah um did you have any other places that we've visited that are not in our immediate neighborhood that you wanted to share yeah there's one other one that i wanted to mention that you discovered and um encouraged us to go to one day uh which is a a new bookstore which um was is up near Descanso Gardens and um we were heading that direction and it's called Lost Books. Yeah. And you had heard about it it's I 
believe the same people who run the last bookstore mm-hmm. or affiliated. And um, so you're like, we should go to this new bookstore. And I, it, and I was always up for a bookstore. So yes. And um, it also has greenery within it. And so um, plants plus book, books, love it. And it was so much fun because it's when we got there, uh, for one thing, it's not, it's open, but it's just newly opened. And so they're still kind of setting things up and putting things out. So to see something in those, like, we're open, but like, we're not complete. We're still, we're still forming ourselves. Yeah. And especially a, a space like that, it works so well with like the idea of plants. So like, we're still growing, like, <laughs> you know, let the, let the plants take shape. Like we're still here. Um, we're still developing what, what exactly we are. And when we were talking out, the person was like, yeah, there's going to be an aquarium over there and an aviary over there and like all <laughs> sorts of things. Yeah. It's like a, an amazing bookstore that is also like turning into like a really great James Bond layer. Yeah. Like a villain layer. Yeah. Not that they're this bookstore is villainous at all no no not at all and then they had just it was just really fun to get that experience of seeing something new I think especially right now because so many of our conversations are about places closing or having to operate in a different capacity but to get to be there and feel that that um feeling of something new of something being created of like yeah we're we're in this space we're building a new home that we're going to be in yeah was just a really fun vibrant experience in addition to having really cool both used book and used books and new books and uh, a very cool plant wall as you walk in so very uh, instagram friendly yeah yeah in fact that i wanted to talk about lost books and the Instagram friendliness. So yeah. like last bookstore, if people don't know it, is in downtown uh, LA. It's a very big bookstore. It's also got records. It's got new books, used books. It has great events uh, with, uh, you know, authors coming through, all, all that kind of thing. Uh, but uh, one of the sort of uh, uh, success stories of it is it's got these weird little rooms upstairs. There's like a, an old vault that the horror section is in. So you have to walk through this like old vault door and uh, they've got some extremely Instagram friendly, like sculptures made out of books where you can take photos. So even if you've never been there and you spend some time on social media, you'll be like, Oh, the place with the little portrait hole made of books. Yeah. I've seen 800 photos of that. Uh, so clearly these are people who truly love books, truly love community, but also understand it's really helpful to have something special, right? Mm-hmm. So the the bookstores, they're still they're literally still building it out. There were shelves that they were still putting up. They're going to have a whole vinyl section, I think they said, mm-hmm. that they haven't set up yet. There's like a, a whole back room that they haven't set up yet. But it's already a great layout because it was kind of, the books were kind of twisty, the shelves. So it, I realized when I was trying to find you, it kind of makes you walk past the books in a good way. It makes yeah. you get a little lost of like, I didn't mean to be looking over here. But now I'm in the biographies. Oh, my. <laughs> uh, so all the kind of basics of the bookstore, great. But uh, some foliage is perhaps an understatement for the fact that there's like an actual like there, there's growing. There's what plants, not a tree. Yeah. But so there's so when you walk in, it's this like curving tunnel. Yeah. You walk through a tunnel of plants. That's the and right in, in the front of that tunnel there's older books so it's got that real romance of like it almost feels like you you pull the right one and you know suddenly the it spins around or <laughs> you get lowered by the elevator into the extra secret room but then yeah that archway of 
of all of that growing foliage. And then there's foliage uh, like all along the, the ceiling of the place too. Yeah. Once you're in there. So it doesn't just end. But my point being that entryway is an Instagram trap. And okay. that is why I heard about the bookstore because I saw somebody's photo on Instagram. I was like, well, hell, I'm doing that. I want to support this bookstore. <laughs> and that's just, yeah, like I knew you would love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, plants and books, uh, that's great. Trees and books have had, you know, their issues with one another, I think, over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but plants and books, come on. <laughs> um, how do you feel about that, about our Instagram traps? Are they just good business? Or do you have any reticence about them? You know, I uh, today, this is the answer I'll give you today. My answer in two hours or later tomorrow might be different. But um, I don't. I think because... And here's why, specifically for, like, I think you when You don't have a problem with it. I don't have any problem with it. Okay. Because um, when there's a, they have something that's great and fun and Instagrammable, Instagrammable, but as a shop, they're not just that experience. Right. They're so much more. So they, it's, it's market, like they, if, like you were saying, I feel like it's marketing and they understand like cool and interesting ideas will get people to come, will get people to interact but then you still have to have something to back it up unless you are truly just existing as a selfie station. Right. And there <laughs> Which are some is, places. There's plenty of, you yeah. know, places that do that also. And, you know, that's that's a whole different thing. And then you know what you're going to. And I feel like that's fine, too. That's that's our current world. But no, being willing to say to acknowledge like this is part of the world that we're in and this is a good way to get people here. And we've had success with it there. And I also love that it's. um it's similar, but it's different. It's not just like, okay, we're doing another tunnel of books. Right. Because this is a different store. And I feel like just doing something that's already been done something else would not be very effective and would just feel not as um, intriguing the second right. time around. But to do something new. Um, but I did hear one of the people while we were in there, they walked in and they're like, oh, I thought there would be more plants. Because they thought it was a plant and bookstore. And there were some plants, but there weren't a lot of plants. It was mainly a bookstore. Right. No, it so is far. like this secret garden Yeah. yeah. It, that that explodes into a bookstore. Yep. Yeah. But I mean, and I just, I love that idea because exactly what you're saying. Like how many times, I'm, how many people have wanted to like go around a corner in a hedge and beyond the hedge is like this old forgotten library that's grown over with plants, but you've got all these like twisty rows of you know plants or vinyl or other discoveries like it just it has i feel like they're very good at latching onto the magic yeah and making the magic um come to life i think the 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 reality of physical media shopping right now Mm -hmm. too is like you can get everything by just getting it online right so a part of the value of going to physical places is that sense of discovery of yeah, Amazon will for sure have the exact book I'm looking for and I can just click it and how romantic. Mm-hmm. But if you go to especially a used bookstore, they may or may not have the one of the five things you're looking for, but then you might discover things that you didn't know. So there's that sense of adventure to it. There's that sense of what's around the corner. Mm-hmm. And to take that sense of what's around the corner and literally make it what's around the corner from the plant corridor then it really feels like it's inviting you into mystery and discovery and just a way to really successfully romanticize 
shopping for physical media and in a way that I think can really be real. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I certainly had so much joy from that over the years as a vinyl collector and a book collector and a, in a action figure collector. Yeah. <laughs> Not that Toys R Us is a super romantic, mysterious place. <laughs> it is now since it's gone, but you know what I mean? Yeah. The, the chance you don't know you're on the hunt. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me of, I feel like that's a, a thing that a lot of restaurants have done well is, you know, you come through the door and then they're like, okay. And then, you know, like, especially restaurants where you get seated, you kind of, you go through a hallway that's the transition space. And it's off a lot of restaurants have some sort of theme or vibe. Like they bring you into it starting in the hallway. Yeah. And so you're like, ooh, what's around the corner? And I feel like this just takes that and dials it up to 11. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think the Instagram thing, if that's all it is, would be disappointing. If like I walked through it and then it was just like, it's smaller Barnes and Noble. There's nothing curated about it. There's nothing yeah. interesting about it. It's just like, it's Barnes and Noble, but not as well stocked. Then you'd be like, eh. But like there were immediately book discoveries, like Definitely. actual book discoveries. And yeah. it was designed well to have you make those discoveries. Mm-hmm. So it 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 was it did not feel even remotely cheap. It felt. And I think maybe that's what you need is uh, obviously the one person you overheard felt like uh, they didn't get as much of what they needed. Uh but you want that. You want the Instagram trap to be not an Instagram trap, an Instagram invitation. Yeah, right? absolutely. To be accurate advertising for what you might get to experience. Yeah. And even those people, I think, stuck around for a while looking. So, Oh, yeah. You know. And it just, it, it works as a form of advertising. And, totally. You know, stores that are selling physical media and having that possibility of community and that possibility of, uh, you know, romance. Um, mm mm-hmm that they they need all the help they can get and having a little Instagram spot is extremely helpful. Yeah. I did get a little concerned like, okay, well, when this becomes well-known and popular, it's going to be hard for people to come and go. You're going to have to have a system set up because it is the entrance. Like the most fun photographical photographable place is the entrance. <laughs> I did have the same. So it's like, I wonder if they will set up some sort of like station in the back too that give that a similar vibe. That's four. Yeah. Because like the spot in the last bookstore is functional, but it also has like signage saying one photo, please. Yeah. <laughs> like don't do your wedding photos here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you have something more to say on the Instagram? Oh, no, I was just okay. agreeing. Uh, so a couple other questions here for you. If you could combine a few of the local places that you like into one place, uh, what would you combine? Would you combine a bookstore, park? cocktail bar in a jacaranda tree what, what would you combine wow i mean i feel like with all the raving we've just been doing about lost books they've they've done a lot of the combining already for me <laughs> uh yeah i mean i would i would love to combine um a park whether you know maybe something like the uh the oak grove at uh discounts gardens because oh, they yeah. have lots of these big you know decades old some of them are over 100 years old um coast live oaks which are big old cool looking trees um and have that be like the entrance to i don't know a cool like speakeasy type place or or honestly just uh, around the corner is some nice banquettes where there's always a breeze and you get to sit and read like this is the reading nook nice nice yeah, I know there are places in the world like this, <laughs> but I want a real, real combination of uh, bookstore and, and cocktail bar, mm-hmm. like that, it, totally integrated. 
So like, you know, when there's a, there's many different bars, right? And then in between there's, there's, uh, you know, bookshelves, but even as you're sitting down, you know, they maybe like right under the bar, there's some books that you can pull out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this is one of those things that I get excited on a podcast and think sounds like a good idea. And then I'm not sure if I would do it, uh, <laughs> in real life, but what if there was like a cocktail bar bookstore uh-huh. where you couldn't buy certain books like certain books were like those are forbidden to leave like they didn't they don't have to be full of dark magic or whatever but like this book can't leave this space but for the price of a cocktail you can read it yeah so like over if you wanted to get into it like you just like i i go there twice a week and i'm you know i'm 40 chapters in i'll have to go five more times before i finish the book i love that i mean that's great absolutely yeah. Have things that are because they're part of the space. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I I have uh, I like that idea because there was a summer I probably could have afforded it where I was working in downtown Minneapolis uh, and every day I'd go to a bookstore and just read a couple chapters of the novelization of Star Wars is uh-huh. what I did before work. Yeah. And I read the whole book in the bookstore. And it was a weird <laughs> thing to do. And I can't entirely remember why I did it. But it was great. Yeah. And I love doing it. It's yeah. very strange. I'm sure I could have just bought it. Uh, if you could take a fictional character on a tour of Los Angeles, uh, who would you want to take to show them your version of this city? Oh, my gosh. Wow. I mean, it depends so much on which version of the city. Well, um, your version, right? Like, yeah. the Los Angeles you know and love. Yeah. Oh, oh, I can never think of fictional characters when you give me these questions. <laughs> I'm going to let you go first and while I okay. keep thinking of one. Well, the, the the answer I thought of immediately out of joke instinct, uh, I realized is actually a fun answer. Uh, Philip Marlowe, uh, <laughs> because Philip Marlowe knows a lot about Los Angeles back in the day. I, I would love to hear what Philip Marlowe thinks of modern Los Angeles. Oh, and yeah. if he thinks it's better than uh, the... Uh, the uh, tortured city of angels that uh, that he constantly got involved with. Um, there's some things he would not be happy about because a lot of those uh, Raymond Chandler, Philip Marlowe novels are Philip Marlowe finds out that um, about some sort of crime or horror because somebody downtrodden is affected. Somebody from a poorer neighborhood or mm-hmm. somebody who doesn't have a lot of money is in trouble. And then when he runs it down, it's always like, it's rich people. It's corrupt government. Like, <laughs> so he'd probably be kind of bummed out about like, yeah, some of that hasn't changed as much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, there's still some wealthy people, maybe, maybe not doing their best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't think he'd be happy about that. Uh, but I would love to uh, take him to an Instagram spot. Yeah. Yeah. That would be <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here's one. This is a random one. And, uh, who knows if anybody else will know who this character is um other than my mother but uh so there's a series of books uh called it's the antimony detective books yeah um series but there's a character who shows up i don't know around the 12th book or so and her name is brie pym and she is from new zealand but is now living in england and she would be super fun because she's just like she's moved from new zealand to this tiny tiny village in england and that's now where she's living um but i she's kind of an artistic soul i feel and i think that she would have a really fun um perspective 
on a lot of the things that we've been talking about and it would all be but also she gets a lot of joy out of like well what's this what's this so I think it would be a really fun person to tour around with yeah I think you probably have created a more pleasant afternoon for yourself (laughs) uh, than I have yeah (laughs) sorry that was my goal not more pleasant than you but yes uh, to have a pleasant afternoon but that's great to have somebody who who really is oh has a sense of uh discovery and exploration Mm -hmm. that is very wise good pick on the fictional character (laughs) and you went for a deep cut and they're gonna make people go buy some books that's right buy some dimity books um if you had to create a store or space in our general neighborhood what would you create if somebody was like here's the money you have to Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I would do, so this is maybe a little bit of the mashup, uh, idea also. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna add a third mashup in there. So it's, it's going to be a yarn store. Nice. That's also a wine bar, (laughs) which is an idea that I got from you because you put it in a play and everybody said it was ridiculous, but I was like, I don't know. I kind of want to run that store. (laughs) Uh, so I would do that. Yeah. But then it would also have, um, some other element of like maybe selling like some, something, um, like some jewelry, like found items, jewelry or something like that. Nice. Yep. And would you have an Instagram spot? Oh, of course. What would it be? Um, well, I mean, if it's a wine bar yarn store, I feel like you'd want like a giant glass that looks like it's full of wine, but it's actually full of balls of red yarn. And like big enough that you could climb into it? Well, no, I feel like that's a liability issue. And if I'm trying to get this store running, I don't really want to be sued. But I was thinking like you could pause, like it would be tall enough that people would could stand next to it and be like look at my giant glass of wine yeah like person height yeah nice i think that's great yeah i want to go to that store the found object jewelry could be like the wine chain on the bottom yeah you know what wine charm oh perfect perfect i think that's absolutely great there we go yeah moving Uh, in soon okay perfect uh i'm gonna go fully magical i want at a certain time when the stars are right the uh, one of those uh, staircases, those public staircases, if you enter at the exact right time, it is actually a portal, <laughs> <laughs> and it opens up uh, to uh, a a cocktail bar bookstore. Because <laughs> I just want that. Uh, that's our look at uh, exploring locally. I hope that uh, people listening get a chance to explore and find uh, whatever your definition of a jacaranda tree is. Uh, what kind of noise do you have to sum up uh, your interest in exploring locally? Ooh. <laughs> very, very good. And do you think you are obsessed? And if so, where where would you rate yourself? Uh, one to ten, one being the lowest, ten being the highest. Yeah, I would put myself at least at a seven, maybe even up to a seven and a half, because I actually think about it a lot. Yeah, I I think about it, and I like get distracted when I should be going to bed, researching like other places to go. So no, I I. Yeah, seven and a half. Yeah, I think I'm right, right there with you. I'm not. Uh, sometimes you say seven, seven and a half. And I'm like, I go eight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sometimes it's more honest, but I think I'm, I'm right, right about there with you. I'm getting a lot of joy from the actual places. We're going to places that we are interested in, intrigued by, um, trying to see new things. But also, it is, it, it is really helping me with some of the, um, uh, the trauma of the last year and a half mm-hmm. um and and i was very lucky to still have money coming in and and not have um 
lost anybody very close to me. Um, mm-hmm. Very, very, very lucky. I want to be clear on that. But at the same time, this has been a weird thing for everybody to, to be through. Of like, life kinds of stopped, but it kind of didn't. And is it your fault? Is it not, like all these weird, weird thoughts for me that really connect to, um, to movement, mm-hmm. like to almost like emotional forward movement to time forward movement. That's such a, such an agreed upon sensation from everybody I've talked to of like, well, that 2019 was 80 years ago, right? Or was it, it, does it feel like five minutes ago? Like what, like this sense of, of not knowing where we are in time, all of those, those issues, I feel like I'm kind of grabbing the reins and I'm just like, okay, well it's Tuesday We've only been to this restaurant once. <laughs> we did it five years ago. And we liked it. Let's just go. Mm-hmm. And and going to a new place, I think, is giving me just a, a little feeling of like having the reins. Yeah. And a little bit of forward movement. I love that. I think it's really important. Yay. Good. Uh, so we are going to move on then to our plugging section. Speaking of being definitive, we're going <laughs> We're going to the plugging section. Uh, where can people find you and your photos of strangely planted entrances to bookstores? Yeah, speaking of Instagram, you can find me at Scrim Street. Excellent. And you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out the Star Wars podcast I co-host that is called Force Center. For info on upcoming shows and albums and all kinds of stuff, you can check out my website at josephscrimshot.com. You can also support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. Full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. Here are the final questions. If you could live under the sea or on a cloud, which would you pick? Oh my gosh. Sorry. <laughs> Painful decision. Um, I On a cloud. Oh, on a cloud. Okay. Yeah. What if you lived on a cloud, but like every once in a while the cloud was like, I'm going to dissipate for a while. I need you to move to another cloud. Would you be like, that's cool? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'd, we'd figure it out. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You really only rent a cloud. You can't own a cloud. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> the next question is, if a car alarm made a sound other than beeping, what should it be? Oh, you know, that's a tough one because like... Yeah, my first thought was to have something not so incredibly annoying. But then does that mean that another sound that we think of as pleasant right now would suddenly become annoying? Oh, yeah. You know, like I don't want it to be something that right now is you know, like a, a bird chirping or something. Maybe it could be that angry bird honking. Oh, yeah. Because it kind of sounds a little bit like a car alarm anyway, but it's a little bit toned A little down. bit more natural. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> maybe this already exists and there's no honking bird it's just a car alarm <laughs> final question for everyone on the podcast is what is happiness Jacaranda. <laughs> that is a great answer uh thank you sarah thank you everyone for listening that is our podcast you've been listening to obsessed joseph scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest rate five stars if you're impressed Okay, so here's another kind of exploration that we haven't done here yet. Oh. And I want to know um, if we were able to, if you would want to go on this exploration trip with me. Okay. What if we could go exploring the spaces that are underground? Oh, yes, with a guide. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and a guide who seems somewhat trustworthy, not just like 
<laughs> hey, I found a guy in a trench coat, and he said, I can take you down there. Then I don't want to go. No, I've got a flashlight. I've got a flashlight. Come on. No, no. It, no, if it was, yes. Uh, I, I want to see. guide. I want to see a licensed subterranean guide. <laughs> then I'm happy to go. Perfect.